Welcome into Locked On Blackhawks for Friday, October 25th, 2019. It's Jay Zawoski here. We are part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Blackhawks lose 4-1 to to the Philadelphia Flyers, wrapping up their seven-game homestand in really miserable fashion. We're going to get to all of it. We're going to go over the pluses and minuses for the game, go down the number line as well. Want to tell you how to get in touch with us first? Follow the podcast on Twitter at LO underscore Blackhawks. Email LockedOnBlackhawks at gmail.com. Send us a voicemail, 708-653-0572, 708-653-0572. Remember, our next show will be Mailbag Monday, so get those questions in uh, by Sunday afternoon if possible. I'd like to get that done uh, well before uh, late Sunday night, at least the mailbag section. So, all right, here we are. You know, it's <laughs> we've had the Blackhawks have had a lot of games recently where we felt good despite the results. I don't think there's anything to feel good about after this game, save for a couple uh, individual efforts that we'll get to in the uh, pluses and minuses segments. But you had a seven-game homestand to start the season, and you have six points. It's just it's not good. It's not good. The Hawks are second to last in the Western Conference. Yes, they've played fewer games than most of the other teams, so you got to take that with a little bit of a grain of salt. But this game was troubling in a lot of ways. And a lot of passengers for the Blackhawks in this game didn't see a lot of enthusiasm right off the hop. Look, if you take two points in this game, you feel okay about the homestand. Not great, but you say, look, we got eight points. We played well in some games and just came up short, and we finished it strong. Now you've got the taste of this crap loss in your mouth. And look, yeah, they lost 4-1, to one, which maybe doesn't look as horrible. There were two goals that were disallowed by the Flyers that absolutely, those offsides calls, they were offsides, definitely. Neither of them had a, an effect on the goal. It was a matter of inches. So it was really, in reality, a 6-1 to one loss. And that's how it felt. And when you see that, and you hear that, when you see 4-1, to one, and you look at the numbers that Robin Leonard put up, I have a lot of trouble blaming him for any of the goals scored against him. Several were breakaways. Several more were just redirected in front where the Hawks were not checking the forwards in front. So I, I don't pin this one on Robin Leonard. But there's a lot of guys you can pin this loss on. And we're definitely going to get to that. But just in general, the passing is awful every pass is just out of reach or hops over a stick or leaves the zone Brandon Saad who's been one of the best Hawks all year and, and, and was a really good player tonight turns it over at the blue line that's the one the second goal that got waved off just puts a drop pass to nobody but a flyer the other thing the missed shots the few good looks the Blackhawks did have during the course of this game turned up nothing because they can't hit the net they shoot it a foot wide or high or it hits a leg or it hits a stick and yes that's going to happen that's going to happen in the course of a game especially a tightly checked game like this one was the Blackhawks had 31 missed or block shots Thursday night the Flyers had 17 31 missed or block shots that's insane and this has been something the Hawks have dealt with for a long time you want to look at just missed shots? 12 missed shots. That means shot, shot and go opportunities that just went wide of the net. 
That's awful. Hone it in. And the other part of this is, while the passing's poor, and while the shots are being missed, we're still seeing the Blackhawks do the same thing, where they're making the extra pass here and there, or trying to make a spectacular play, or holding onto the puck for too long. Put the puck on net. Good things happen when you put the puck on net. You saw it to start the second period. The Hawks came out to start the second. They were attacking, just peppering Brian Elliott with pucks, one after the other after the other. And they were getting chances. The third period was so much better than the rest of the game. So much better. They outshot the Flyers 16-5 to in the third period. It doesn't have to be pretty. It doesn't always have to be a highlight reel goal. And the reality is this Blackhawks team doesn't have the depth of talent to pull off highlight reel goals very often. Yes, Patrick Kane's going to give you a dozen every year. And Alex DeBrinkett's going to give you a bunch. And Jonathan Taze will give you some. But the rest of the team, some of them are high-end, like are more skilled grinders, but they're mostly grinders. Brandon Sod's a grinder. Andrew Shaw is a grinder. They're not going to score beautiful goals. Maybe Alex Nylander, when he gets a little more comfortable, will score a couple highlight reel goals. I think he was really good tonight. I think Kirby Doc was really good tonight. So we'll get to those individual performances when we get to the pluses and minuses. But just in general, I don't know. The, the philosophy, the way the Hawks attacked this game is very troubling and very confusing. It's almost as like they're so concerned with being competent defensively that they don't attack. And Eddie Olchek said it before the game started on Thursday night. He was talking about the game uh, the night before against the uh, Golden Knights because he wasn't at that game. It was Steve Conroy. And he said, watching from a distance, it felt like the Hawks were trying to win that game one to nothing. That's not a formula for success. And yes, I think overall, the Hawks defense has been has been better this year. They're not a disaster like they were last season. They're so tentative. And again, I said this on yesterday's podcast, when they do have the puck, it's so one and done. Or again, the sh- a shot misses the net, or it's blocked into the stands, or whatever. There's no sustained attack. And I wonder if part of that is their fear of messing up defensively and not being able to recover. And there's some reality to that because how many odd man breaks did the Hawks have against them Thursday night? There were a lot. So there's a lot of things to fix here. I don't think they're terrible. I don't think they're a bad team. But throughout the course of this game, I felt like going through my head, I was feeling they're never going to score. A goal is not going to happen. And last year, they were winning a lot of games by outscoring the opponent. This roster is better. This is a much better roster than last season. But you've got guys that you're paying a lot of money to, and you're about to pay a lot of money to, who have been absolute passengers for this team this season. It's Lockdown Blackhawks, part of the Lockdown Podcast Network, your team every day. All right, let's swallow hard here. It is time to go over the pluses and minuses. Let's let's start on the positive note like we always do. Let's go with the very few pluses. My first plus goes to Kirby Doc with an assist in the loss. 14.09 of ice time really seemed to find some chemistry 
with Brandon Saad and Andrew Shaw in the third period when Jeremy Cowton switched up the lines. But you saw him winning board battles, battling for the puck. You can see why this kid was the number three overall pick. The talent is there. I want to see him. I, I'm not sold on the line with him and Strom and Kane. I liked him a lot better with Saad and Shaw. But we'll see. Is Cowton going to be willing to break up that third line? I don't know. But, man, every game Kirby Doc has gotten better. This was the best game of his career. I don't think there's any question about it. It's only three, so it's not a, not like a huge number. But he was terrific. One of the few Blackhawks that played well, in my opinion, on Thursday night. Next up, going to give some credit to Calvin DeHaan. Four block shots, three hits up on the top pairing with Duncan Keith. Made a few mistakes, but then was able to recover. You can just tell he's a smart defenseman. He played 19 09 on Thursday night. Uh, really solid performance from Calvin Hahn, and that's what you need. That's what you want. Filling in for Connor Murphy, he's going to step into that top role, and he's just going to have to be defensively reliable. I think he was that for the most part. I thought Slater Cuckoo was okay too. Didn't play a ton, but uh, when he was out there, things were, you know, not horrible, <laughs> which is which is good for your, uh, you know, your your seventh defenseman. He played 15-39, two shots on goal. And uh, five more shot attempts. He had two hits of his own. So a decent game for Slater Cuckoo as well. Another positive goes to Brandon Saad, of course. Scored a goal. Had another breakaway where he missed the net. What do you know? Uh, Three shots on goal and just continued his relentless play in all ends. Uh, Brandon Saad, to me, has been the best best Blackhawk all season and deserves a lot of credit. They talked about it on the broadcast Thursday night where Pat Foley's asked uh, Jeremy Cullen how guys are graded out and the first guy he mentioned was Brandon Saad De- deservedly so Saad has been really really good this year and despite missing the net on a good scoring opportunity he's doing everything else correctly uh, next plus goes to Alex Nylander who is really starting to establish himself on this team 1446 of ice time he had 433 of power play time two shots on goal another shot attempt uh, had a nice sort of late uh, I wouldn't call it a breakaway, but he had sort of a one-on-one with the goalie and just couldn't sneak it past the short side there. But the offensive talent is uh, obviously on display, and you saw him, maybe more than any Hawk tonight with the exception of Brandon Saad, hustling back defensively, trying to break up plays and intercept passes, and the effort has been there. And that was the one question with Alex Nylander, and so far so good. Aside from that one game against San Jose, after which he was benched, Nylander's been really, really good, and uh, every day that goes by, I sort of like that trade more and more. Now for the minuses. 31 missed or blocked shots for the Blackhawks. 31. That is not a formula for success. Just put the puck on net. There's a reason it's a cliche. Cliches happen because there's some truth to them. If you put the puck on the net, rebounds happen. Scrambles in front of the net happened. We saw it in the third period. The Hawks started peppering Brian Elliott with shots, and the chances were there. It's not complicated. It doesn't have to be complicated. Jeremy Cowan, the guys he's praised all season, he says they play a simple game. It doesn't have to be the Globetrotters on ice. It can't be. It just can't. Until you establish the identity of this team, and find the chemistry and the lines that work and the pairings that work, it's not going to look pretty. You've got to be willing early in the season to sort of grind out these victories. They almost did it the other night against Vegas. They almost did it against the Capitals, and they took a step back Thursday night 
against the Flyers. But those missed shots are brutal. They also had 12 giveaways. Guys just sort of turning blind passes to Philadelphia Flyers. Can't do that. You just can't give the other team the puck when you're having enough trouble getting it yourself. Make the smart play. Make the safe play. Dump the puck in. Live to fight another day. And this is my message for the Hawks power play. The power play worked last year. And I think that slingshot system that Cowlton uses is better than Coach Q's let's all just run to the blue line and see what happens thing. But when it's not working, just get the puck deep. Get it deep and go win a board battle. Again, simple hockey. They're going to have to learn how to grind out wins. And these veteran players, these guys who were there when they were able to finesse wins are going to have to adapt their games and adapt their styles because they just don't have the ability to go out and skate circles around people anymore. I mentioned earlier the term passengers. Here are the guys I felt were passengers for the Blackhawks tonight. And you tell me that if I told you these four guys were going to be the problem in this game if the Blackhawks would win or lose. Number one, Eric Gustafson. Half-hearted effort, often. His turnover led to the fourth goal of the game. Not that it ended up mattering much, but, you know, four is more than three. Last time I checked. Dylan Strom, zero shots on goal, zero shot attempts. This is a guy who wants a big money contract this summer. Guess what? Your replacement is on the ice right now, and he wears number 77. So if Dylan Strom wants that big money, he's going to have to earn it. He did not earn it tonight. How can a guy who plays regular minutes on your second line and power play finish the game with zero shots, Zero shots attempted or blocked or missed. Did not even try to put a puck on net. That's almost impossible. I don't know how that could possibly be. It's very frustrating. Jonathan Taves. Again, minus one. 18.59 of ice time, including four minutes and 54 seconds in the power play. One shot on goal. One shot attempt. 33% on face-offs. You can't see me, but I'm shrugging. I, I don't know. I cannot continue to make excuses for Jonathan Taves. Love the guy. My all-time favorite Blackhawk. He's got to figure it out. Patrick Kane, minus three. One shot on goal, one shot attempt, one missed shot. In 22 minutes and 23 seconds of ice time, including 5.30 on the power play. Patrick Kane mustered three shot attempts. (laughs) I don't know what more there is to say. What more is there to say about this game? That cannot happen. You cannot have two guys making a combined $21 million combined for five shot attempts. I'm sorry. That that does not work. It cannot work. It will not work. I saw Craig Button from TSN commenting about Mitch Marner and Austin Matthews, who are also struggling. He said, you pay for a Maserati, you expect it to perform like a Maserati. That's can, the same thing can be said for Patrick Kane and Jonathan Taves. 
Neither of them have been good enough this season. Both of them were very bad Thursday. And the last minus, whew, man, this is this one's rough. <laughs> I'm sorry, this one's rough. Uh, the, this show, just in general, it's, it's it's a really sucky loss, and I hope I'm not bumming you guys out. Yish, sorry, just trying to be real. Um, in the second period, the Blackhawks had two power plays and one shot on goal. I don't mean one shot on goal on the power play. I mean one total shot on goal in the second period. One. I don't know what else I have to say. Let's go down the number line on Lockdown Blackhawks, part of the Lockdown Podcast Network, your team every day. Before we do that, I want to tell you guys about something cool, by the way. Uh, pick up a Chicago Sun-Times today, if you can. There is a big write-up on me and James Naveau and my Madhouse podcast and the Lockdown Blackhawks podcast. It's kind of crazy that they reached out to me for this. Um, but yeah, I've been written about, we've been written about in the Chicago Sun-Times. So check it out online or uh, check it out uh, in the actual physical paper. Buy newspapers. It's good. Those writers need it. People need to buy papers more often. Um, but yeah, pick up a Sun-Times uh, today, Friday, and uh, check it out. There was a big write-up about uh, my podcasts uh, there. If you want to follow the Madhouse Podcast, by the way, at Madhouse Pod, you can subscribe to our weekly show with James Neville. Different format, longer form, sort of more loose, uh, more conversational, and less newsy than the Lockdown Blackhawks podcast. So if you like this one, check out the Madhouse Podcast. If you came with me from the Madhouse Podcast to here, thank you. Very much appreciate that. All right, down the numbers line. So you might think, after watching this game, that the Hawks got absolutely smoked in possession, right? Wrong. This is why I've told you from day one that analytics are a helpful tool, but they are not gospel. The Blackhawks had a 59 to 41% Corsi 4 advantage in this game. They had 49 shot attempts for, 34 shot attempts against. And that goes into those 31 missed or blocked shots during the course of the game. You think maybe if like maybe 15 more of those were on net, one or two might have gone in. Who knows? We'll never know. But there you have it. 59% to 41%. And Corsi, if you want to look at the Fenwick, 57% to 43%. The Hawks had a dominant edge in possession the entire game. The third, uh, second period where the Hawks had one shot on goal, Philly obviously had a big edge. They had a 30, a 66 to 33 advantage in Corsi and a 65 to 35 advantage in Fenwick. And that just tells you when it ends up, even with that, the Hawks with a 59 to 41 advantage, they had the edge in possession. But a possession doesn't mean a damn thing if the putt doesn't go on or in the net. Some of the players to look at here. Oli Mata and Duncan Keith were the only two Blackhawks in the negative in possession as far as as Corsi goes. By the way, if you don't understand Corsi and Fenwick, I say it every episode, but check the description of this podcast. I'll have a link to natural stat tricks, glossaries. You can find out what all these things mean. Basically, it's shot attempts. So uh, Mata was 46.67%. Keith was 46.15%. Um, but the rest of the Hawks, well over uh, or over or well over 50%. Um, so, yeah, when you look at the numbers, I mean, if I was to look at this without seeing the score, you would think the Blackhawks won the game. Uh, they did not. 
Uh, it was just kind of a brutal performance. Look, look at some of the uh, more traditional numbers as well. Um, minus two for Mata, Seabrook, Kubalik, Kampf, minus three for Kane. The only player in the plus category, Brandon Saad. The Hawks only won 33% of their faceoffs Thursday night. Strom won three and lost two. That's 60%. Jonathan Taves won five and lost 10. Not good. Ryan Carpenter, who was a top of the league in faceoff percentage, 0 and 5. Okay. David Camp was 3 and 6 for 33%. Andrew Shaw. 1-2, lost 3, and Kirby Doc 1-1 one, one, and lost 3 as well. They also showed before the game Kirby Doc working with Yannick Perot on faceoffs. If you don't know who Yannick Perot is, this is the guy who in NHL history is regarded as like the best faceoff guy ever. The Hawks have used him many times to come in and help people. Uh, Jonathan Taves was among those guys who early in his career Yannick Perot came in and helped. I don't know why it's such a crazy skill to master, but it really is. And Yannick Pro is the guy who is regarded as the guru at winning faceoffs. Looking at some of the ice time numbers for this game, a little more down to earth uh, from the game against Vegas. Obviously, Duncan Keith, who played 28 something the other night against the Knights, that was all a factor of uh, Connor Murphy being out. Keith played 23 15. Oli Mata played 16 50. Brent Seabrook, 16 58. Uh, Calvin DeHaan, 1909. Eric Gustafson, 21 31. That's a little too much for me. Not a big fan. Slater Cuckoo, 15-39, and that rounds out the defenseman. Um, but again, the young stars for the Blackhawks, Kirby Doc, 14-09, and Alex Nylander, 14-46. Really like seeing Nylander, by the way, get that power play time with that first unit. Uh, 4-33 power play time for Alex Nylander. That's really encouraging, and the Hawks must be happy with what he's doing and what he's shown, and they should be. I don't think there's any question about it that he's been one of the better Blackhawks here over the last little stretch. So if you want to have a silver lining, if you want to have your weekend end on a positive or begin on a positive and you want some good news, the young players that the Blackhawks have have played very well. All right, that's going to do it for episode 20. Wow, episode 20 of Locked On Blackhawks. Thank you all so much for the support. Thanks for joining me on this uh, awesome ride. Hopefully the Hawks can pick things up a little bit and we have some more positive post-game podcast to discuss and, and have uh, I don't want you guys bailing come on we need the Hawks to be competitive and at least stick in the thing I don't want to do this podcast for nobody <laughs> but thank you so much I posted a picture earlier this week of the downloads that the podcast has gotten so far and it's really amazing so thank you all so much again follow me on Twitter at LO underscore Blackhawks or my personal account at jayzawaski670 email LockdownBlackhawks at gmail.com and voicemail 708-653-0572. Remember, get those voicemails in. I'll be doing the, I'll be recording the show Sunday night after the Hawks game. So make sure you get those voicemails in by then so I can get that knocked out and ready for you guys on Monday morning. With that, thanks again for listening. Really appreciate the support. Make sure you pick up a Sun Times. Thanks for listening to Lockdown Blackhawks, part of the Lockdown Podcast Network, your team every day. Have a terrific weekend.